0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for joining us today. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us online as well. So 14 years ago, I made my first trip to Africa. I went to South Sudan on a mission trip, and I met these 38 young, wonderful kids. There's a photo of them. And uh, they were the children of New Generation Dreamland Children's Home. And um, they had been orphaned through war and disease and just a lot of different situations. And my friend, Pastor Stanley, had started a, a orphanage to take care of these children and so i got to meet them and I'll, I'll tell you what they captured my heart in that moment and so i decided at that point that i was going to do everything i could to try to take care of these children and i've been involved in their lives ever since so it's been 14 years and there's now over 100 children uh involved in this orphanage and we have uh through other churches and ministries that i'm i'm aware of and partnered with we've raised tens of thousands of dollars to help take care of these kids. Um, One of the primary ways to help anyone out of poverty is to provide an education. So we have done our best over the years to try to get them to go to school. Uh, First it was elementary, and then it was middle school, and now high school, and even some of them are in post-high school studies. And so for the first time in all of these years, we don't have enough money to send them all to school uh, because, for one thing, uh, the education is getting more expensive. When they were little, uh, it was maybe about $50 a year, and uh, now it's probably more like $800, 900 maybe $1,000 a year to send them to school, and, um, and somewhere in between, depending on what grade they're in. And so uh, we need to uh, raise a, a few dollars... To make sure that they can go to school this next year, Um, we sent our uh, team to Africa and they did uh, an art project with the kids and we've brought it back. And so we have a photo of each child and we have an art project and their name. This is Moses. And uh, we also have one, this is Grace. And so you can kind of see, you know, that's a little bit of art. You know, it's a nice photo of them. And we have these. Uh, so that you can put them on your wall and begin to pray for them. That's the biggest thing. We want we want each one of these to end up on somebody's wall to be prayed for on a consistent basis. And then more than that, if you're willing to help us sponsor them and make sure that they get to go to school this next year, we would appreciate that. So we have a suggested donation of fifty dollars for each one of these, but. But again, um, you can give five dollars and take one of these because we, it's more important to us that they're getting prayed for, and then someone else may give you know three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars to help them go to school. So if you guys would consider that, we have all of these out in the uh, atrium, and if you want Moses, uh, you can come up and grab that one as well. Um, but uh, you can grab those after service, and uh, go, go ahead. You can you can take Moses. Grace is still available, if anybody <laughs> wants to grab grace. Well, thank you, Tony. Appreciate that. All right, talking about education. How many of you know that education, like college education, is more expensive in the United States than it is in Africa? Right? It's a little more expensive. In fact, uh, it, the average expense for a college degree is $35,000. Uh, right, today, it's $35,000 most people don't have $35,000 sitting around, so they end up getting grants or they get loans. And we have these student loans. Today, the average student loan is somewhere between $25,000 and $30,000. So that's what most students today are owing. That's their debt uh, for their education, $25,000 to $30,000. Well, in August, President Biden proposed to forgive their debts by ten dollars to $20,000. How many of you heard that? Yeah, you guys heard about that? Student Loan Debt Forgiveness Program. And since then, 26 million people have applied to have their student loan debt relieved. 26 million people. Now, last week, a couple of judges uh, ruled and blocked this program because they said that President Biden does not have the authority to do this without congressional support. So, I'm curious. We're going to do a little survey on the two sides of this. How many people in this room today really wish that that program would go through and that student loan debt forgiveness would go through? Just raise your hand. Okay, like six of us, right, <laughs> are excited about it. Now, how many people think that the program shouldn't go through and that everybody should pay their own debt, right? All right, so a majority in this service would say that everybody should pay their own debt. Well, here's another hot topic. It's our government's debt, right? Our government has a national debt because of our deficit spending, meaning that we're spending more money as a country, as a government, than what we actually bring in. Now, you might think this is a new thing that's just happened in the last few years. No, this has been going around for a long time time. In fact, back in 1791, we owed $75 million as a country. Back in 1791. Now, here's a graph of uh, more recently, our, our debt from like 1966. So in 1966, our country owed $320 billion. And today, we owe $31 trillion and counting. As a country, we owe that. Now, $31 trillion is kind of hard to put your mind around, right? I mean, for me, $10,000 is, is a lot to really think about and put your mind around. But $31 trillion. So I did a little math. If our country would begin to pay off its debt, assuming no interest, at a, a million dollars per day. I mean, that's a lot, right? A million dollars per day to pay off our $31 trillion debt it would take 84,931 years to pay it off. <laughs> 84,000 years if we started paying at a million dollars a day. So let's bump that up a little bit. How about if we started paying it off at a billion dollars a day? Okay, a billion dollars a day. That seems like a lot of money. Can't put my mind around, it, but that's a lot. It would still take us 84 years to pay it off, again, assuming no interest. A lifetime. It would take a lifetime to pay off our debt if we were making a billion dollar a day payments. Now, the problem is, is that we do have interest. Our interest on our debt is 900 million dollars a day. So, if we're making billion-dollar a day payments, 900 million is on interest. So we're only making a hundred million dollars a day payments, which would take us almost a thousand years to pay off. Isn't that crazy? Now here's what's even more interesting: if you take our national debt and divide it by all of the citizens of the United States, because that's our portion, right? We all owe that. That's not the government that owes that. That's Every American citizen, we each, everyone in this room that's an American citizen, owes $93,762. You, your wife, your, your spouse, your child, every one of us owes $93,000. So how many now think that we should all pay off our debt? <laughs> Individually, <laughs> right? Right. So debt... Debt is a state of being under obligation to pay or repay someone or something in return for something received. So in general, debts are supposed to be repaid, right? They're supposed to be repaid. If you look back in the Bible days, if someone had a debt and they couldn't repay it, they were either jailed or they were sold into slavery and their, their families were sold into slavery until that debt was paid. Historically, people paid off their debts. But in today's society, it's a little confusing, right? With student loan debt forgiveness and, and all those millions of people wanting their debt paid off for them or forgiven. Or you look at bankruptcy, you know, with between you know, individual bankruptcy or, or um, company bankruptcies where they don't have to pay off their debt. Or we look at our country, our national debt, which just continues to grow. It doesn't seem like it is ever going to get paid off. What Scripture say about debt? Psalms 37, 21 says, The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. So according to Scripture, it's the wicked who borrow and do not pay back their debt. Romans chapter 13, verse 7 says, Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So Paul was saying in Romans, we should pay what we owe. In fact, there was a time when Jesus was confronted with owing taxes. They said, aren't you going to pay the temple tax? And he said he would, but he kind of cheated because he had Peter go catch a fish and there was a 4 drachma coin in its mouth. But still, Jesus paid off his debt. So today we're going to be looking at debts, but not financial debts. We're actually going to be looking at the debt of sin, the debt of sin. When we sin or when someone sins against us, there is a debt to be paid. And so we're going to look at a scripture that speaks to that today. So we're continuing our message series titled, Teach Us to Pray. And it's a series focused on the Lord's Prayer. We're looking at the Lord's Prayer as a model on how we should pray. So last week, we studied verse 11 of Matthew chapter 6, which says, give us today our daily bread. And if you missed that message, I would encourage you to go back and and watch it. You can watch it online. Uh, Linda did a great job of talking about God's daily provision for us. But today, we're going to be looking at verse 12 That speaks of debt. So Matthew chapter 6. You can turn your Bibles or we'll have it up on the screen. Verses 9 through 12. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And here's verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So today's message is just simply titled, Forgive Us Our Debts. And I'm going to invite Emma to come up here. Emma is our worship director, and she's going to give us the first point. But first, let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word And Jesus, I thank you for giving us this model for prayer. And Lord, I pray that during this series that you would open up our hearts and minds to pray more effectively. And I know that today's message is near and dear to your heart. So I pray that you would give Emma and myself your words to speak and give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Well, our first point this morning is the Lord's Prayer teaches us to ask for debt relief. So there is a debt that each of us owe that needs to be paid for our sins, like Clint was talking about. And in all reality, it's a, it's a debt that we're not able to pay on our own. You know, we have these financial debts where we can, we can work off or we can make money and pay off our debts. But this is a debt that we're not able to pay on our own. And so all throughout this series, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer. And at the beginning of it, it says that Jesus taught them to pray like this. He's telling his disciples to pray like this. And so in 6.12, it says, and forgive us our debts. And so he's telling us that we should ask for this forgiveness, that we get to ask for this forgiveness for our debts and for our sins. And so throughout the Old Testament, so if we go back to the book of Genesis, And we go back to the Garden of Eden. So it was this perfect picture of the relationship between man and God. They had perfect communion with each other. They had this perfect relationship. There wasn't sin, there wasn't anything that separated the two of them. But we see that Eve chose to eat from the tree. She chose to eat the apple. And that's when sin entered the world. That's when there became this separation between man and God. And there became this sin. That's when sin entered the world. And so it was from that moment that there needed to be payment for our sins, that there needed to be forgiveness for our sins. And so throughout the Old Testament, before before Jesus came, they would need to make a sacrifice. There needed to be blood that was shed from an animal, whether that was a bull or a lamb. There needed to be blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. And so these Jewish priests would be required to make sacrifices on behalf of the people. So it would be kind of this middleman. So I would need to go to a priest, and they would need to make the sacrifice on my behalf to God. And so I didn't have, I wouldn't have had access to God. I wouldn't have had access to say, God, would you forgive my sins? But it all needed to be done through the sacrifice of an animal and through another priest. So Leviticus talks a lot about the different requirements for these sacrifices. And one of those was that it required the blood from a spotless or a pure animal. They couldn't have any blemishes. It needed to be pure. And so regular people, we wouldn't be able to walk into the temple and make these sacrifices on our own. It needed to go through a priest in order to do that. And so the Old Testament law required that there needed to be continual sacrifices for our sins in order to receive that forgiveness. It was a continual sacrifice that needed to be made. And then fast forward to the New Testament when God sent his son, when he sent Jesus into the world to make a one-time payment for our sins from now until eternity. So when we choose to ask for forgiveness, it covers all of our sins from now until we enter into heaven. And Jesus lived a perfect life here on earth so that he could be that blameless sacrifice, so that he could fulfill the requirements that it talked about in the Old Testament. And he offered himself as a one-time perfect sacrifice for our sins. And so it's because of this, it's because of what Jesus did on the cross, that we get to ask for forgiveness on our own. We no longer have to go through Clint or go through a priest to make these sacrifices. Each one of us can go before God and say, God, I've sinned, and would you forgive my sin? And so the reality is that every single one of us in this room this morning are all sinners, and we're in need of a Savior. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not that some have sinned, but it's all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that first part is a little harsh, but the reality is that our sin ultimately leads to death. But this forgiveness for our sins, this payment for our debt, is a free gift from God. We simply just need to ask. There's not anything that we need to do. We don't need to serve a certain amount of times or go to church for a certain period of time. But it's simply a free gift that he offers every single one of us. So the good news in all of this, the good news is that Jesus came, he died on a cross, and it's because of that sacrifice on the cross that this forgiveness that we're talking about is possible. And Jesus didn't come to save some sins, to forgive some sins, or the smaller ones, like we would call them, lying, or maybe cheating. But he came to forgive all of our sins. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past, it doesn't matter what sin you've committed, but the Lord is offering forgiveness for all of our sins. And this forgiveness comes through the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And the work that he did on the cross, the forgiveness that he accomplished on the cross, it was complete, meaning that it didn't need anything else added onto it. It didn't require every 10 years there needed to be the sacrifice. No, it was a one-time sacrifice that he made that covers all of our sins. And he lived a perfect life and he fulfilled all that God had required of us. He fulfilled that. And he simply invites us to accept that forgiveness and to ask for that forgiveness this morning. So Matthew 26, 28. So this is a verse that we a lot of times will talk about when we do communion. But it says, this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out. Poured out for many for the sins of forgiveness. So it's the blood that Jesus shed on the cross that covers all of our sin. It covers all of our debt. It cancels the debt that we owe. The wages of sin is death. It cancels that. And it gives us the opportunity to live an eternal life and to live in the freedom that he offers. So he simply wants us to ask, There's not anything else that we have to do, but we simply need to ask the Lord because he's more than willing to forgive. And it's because of his sacrifice on the cross that we get to make this our prayer and say, forgive us our debts. If it wasn't for the cross, we wouldn't be able to do that. We wouldn't have the authority to pray that and ask that. But because of the cross, we get to ask that. And so we see that God is more than willing to forgive. He sent his son because he wanted to give us eternal life. He wanted there to be a one-time sacrifice for our sins. And so when Jesus forgives our sins, he cancels them. He wipes it clean. He cancels all of our debts. And we're made new and wiped completely clean. And Isaiah 118 says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And so this is something that only the Lord can do. If you think of all the snows outside and how white it is, if you pour some food coloring on it, we can't get that out, right? It's always going to be there. It's going to stain the stuff around it. And there's nothing that we can do to take that red away, to take that stain away. But this is saying that the Lord comes and he wipes it clean. And that it's something that only he can do. Only he has the ability to make us white as snow. We can be in church, we can do all the good things. But if we don't ask for forgiveness, then we're never completely wiped clean from that. So this morning, it's never too late to receive the forgiveness that God has. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past, it doesn't matter where you've come from, what you've done, but the Lord is willing and it's never too late to ask him for forgiveness. You're never too dirty to be cleansed, to become white as snow. And again, it's because of what Jesus did on the cross that we get to come to the Father and say, forgive us our debts and we know that we will be forgiven when we ask, and that also restores our relationship with God. So last summer, a lot of you know, I was in a pretty bad accident, and I ended up breaking my pelvis and ribs and a bunch of of things. And so I was in the hospital for five days, and with that comes a lot of medical bills, Um, even just a trip to the ER is pretty expensive. And so had all these medical bills that needed to be paid. And there was a lot of -of out-of-pocket expenses that we had while we were waiting for insurance to be sorted out and all this stuff. So my parents were able to pay my out-of-pocket expenses. And I had every intention to pay them back. I said, when I get out of the hospital, when we figure out how much this is, I'm going to pay you back. So I wanted to be the adult, responsible, and pay them back for all of this stuff that they had so graciously paid for it in the beginning. And I remember it was earlier this year in February when all the insurance stuff was settled out and we finally had an amount. And I told my mom, I said, I'm going to pay you back for this. And I remember we were standing in the kitchen and I said, OK, how much How much do I owe you for all of this? She kind of looked at my dad and, and he, she was like, should we tell her? I was like, tell me what? like?" What do you need to tell me? And she said, you don't owe us anything. You don't owe us a penny. We want to bless you and we just want to, we'll take care of it. It's taken care of. And that's just a small picture of what the Lord did on the cross. There's this debt that we owe. There's this, this death that in all reality we all have because of our sin. But Jesus comes and he said, you don't have to worry about it. He said, I'll take care of it. I'll cover it. It's wiped clean. And so that's what he's offering this morning for each one of us. So, our point is that the Lord's Prayer teaches us to ask for forgiveness. So, I'm going to invite Clint back up, and he's going to do the second point.
0: So first, this prayer is saying we should ask. And then the second point is this. The Lord's Prayer teaches us to give others debt relief. So we ask for debt relief, but then we have to be willing to give it to others as well. Verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So in this prayer model, Jesus is adding a contingency to his forgiveness for us. He's saying, I'll forgive you as you forgive others. And he actually goes on to say in verses 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, Your Father will not forgive your sins. So he's making it extremely clear to us that if we want this forgiveness that Emma talked about, it's contingent upon us forgiving others. Now I love the Apostle Peter because he asks all the questions that we would probably ask, or at least I would probably ask if I was with Jesus. And there's a story later on in the book of Matthew or Peter wants to know, how many times do I really need to forgive somebody? You said I need to forgive them, but, but how many times? And so in verse 21 of chapter 18, it says this. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? I like how he, he kind of tries to seed that. Like seven maybe, Jesus? Up to seven? And Jesus answered, I tell you. Not seven times, but 77 times, which basically is 70 times seven or 77. It's just, it goes on and on and on. That's how many times we're supposed to forgive. And then he tells this story to emphasize the point. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. By the way, that's a lot of money. That might pay off our national debt, right? 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. See, that's a picture of what God did for us. We had this debt that we cannot repay, and he just canceled the debt completely. But the story goes on. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. The exact same words that he used earlier. But he got a different response. Verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. or sister, from your heart. That God's forgiveness is available to us, but it's contingent upon our willingness to forgive others. C.S. Lewis writes about this scripture, and he says this, no part of his teaching is clear, and there are no exceptions to it, He doesn't say that we are to forgive other people's sins provided they are not too frightful or provided there are extenuating circumstances or anything of that sort. We are to forgive them all, however spiteful, however mean, however often they are repeated. If we don't, we shall be forgiven none of our own. Now, forgiving others is hard, especially if you have that kind of that justice bent in you, which is like everybody needs to, they need to pay their own debts, right? And when we forgive someone of their sin, then that's just not fair, right? It's not fair that we get to release them from their offense against us, but that's the, the deal of forgiveness is simply not fair. Jesus forgiving us, Jesus dying that awful death so that our sins could be forgiven. That wasn't fair. But I'm so glad he did. And he just asks us pay it forward. In the same way I have forgiven you, you, just forgive others. Just do the same thing. Colossians 3:13 says Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And Mark 11.25 says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Here's your last fill-in. If we are not forgiving, then we are not forgiven. It's a harsh truth, but it's a truth. If we want the forgiveness of God that is freely available to all of us, then we have to be willing to offer that to our brothers and sisters who've offended us.